Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design, a podcast that teaches you how to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm a professional interior designer, realtor, and advanced feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me an energy design expert, helping you find, create, and design the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Welcome to the show. My name is Amanda Gates. Today we are going to be doing a super fun show. These are the crazy things that I think up because I've been doing this for so long and I'm like trying to, I don't know, entertain myself, I guess. But uh, a good friend of mine, Dr. Meg Hayworth, she is a transpersonal psychologist and she does all of these really cool things with energy and food and therapy and she's just a really rad person and she recently read my book feng shui for the soul how to achieve more ohm from your home and she loved it so much that she wanted to figure out a way that we could work together or or collaborate on something and I said you know what would be really fun is if you came on to my show and interviewed me about the book because I'm sure that there are questions that people have not only regarding the book, but just about this feng shui stuff and what exactly is it and why does it matter? And so I thought it would be really fun to have her on and to not only talk about the book, but just feng shui and energy in, you know, these crazy hectic times that we're living in and and how this information can really benefit you and help you on your path, on your purpose, to help you get more contentment, more peace, more happiness, more love in your life. Who doesn't want more of that, right? So join us. We are going to sit down together and we are going to flip the script, so to speak. And she is going to interview me. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. I've got Dr. Meg Hayworth on the show and we're going to flip the script today She has uh, read a copy of my new book, Feng Shui for the Soul, and she and I are in a a similar group together. I've talked about it on the show before, the Mindshare. um, There's a a collaboration of like-minded individuals that go to a group called Mindshare, and she and I have been talking, and we decided today that she is going to interview me about the book. So Meg, welcome to the show. Who are you? What are you, what are you going to be talking about today? Hey there. So yes, I'm, I'm Dr. Meg Hayworth. I'm so excited to be here. First of all, Amanda, and that you asked me to do this with you is really fun. Um, I've been podcasting for many years myself. So it's, this is like kind of a cool, cool way to, to flip things around. Um, and for people to get to know what this book is about, because it's, it's a great book. I've, really enjoyed reading it. Um, it's different than most feng shui books. Um, and, and I have read some over the years. It's been quite a while because it's not about like, put this purple thing here and that red thing. You know what I mean? It's so much deeper. It's very deep and very much about energy and flowing of it. And so that was really, uh, really a, a profound experience for me to read it because I felt like I was shifting and changing as I read it. So I wanted to say that up front. So, um, you know, people understand that this is, this is not your average feng shui book by any stretch. I'm glad you said that. Cause a lot of people have been reaching out to me saying, Holy cow, like I got the book and it was sitting on my yeah. nightstand, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And, and I, they assumed that it was that same thing, put this purple thing here, or, you know, a couple of doves in your bedroom or move your couch here. And then they started reading it and they were like, holy shit, why didn't I start reading this sooner? Like, this is nothing what I expected it to be. Yeah, definitely. You've taken it to a whole different deep level um, so that people can see the um, the, the subconscious way that the placement of things, and it's not even really about the placement of things. It's just, it's about energy and energetics in general. Um, and so, uh, one thing I didn't answer was the question. I am a transpersonal psychologist. That's what my doctorate is in. 
and I'm a holistic nutritional chef. And I'm saying this too, so that listeners understand that my background is all about energy and working with the human energy system. Um, so I think this conversation is just going to be a lot of fun because we both live in this world. <laughs> and, and you've had a near-death experience. Yes, I have. Um, I drowned as a child and, and died in that experience. And then I was struck by lightning eight years ago. So, um, you know, so just a, just a few things that put you in the woo woo world with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, when you get catapulted in the woo world like this, it's like you, you can't not explore it. I mean, people that don't, I think end up sick. Like I was, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so anyway, let's get back to your book though. I, uh, there were a few things that really stood out to me. And one of them that really was, uh, interesting to me, was like the, the first lesson that you received in, in feng shui was, um, about the front door and how incredibly important that is. Um, so would you want to address that a little bit? Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like, you know, I've been talking about the, the top five disruptors for, um, gosh, over a decade now. And I feel like, you know, a broken record sometimes, but it, it was really what catapulted me. I, I was pre-med, I was going to med school and, and it was my front door and, and the issues that I was having in my own home that catapulted me out of medicine and into this mystical world of this F word that I couldn't even pronounce back then. <laughs> you know, I, love like, it. I love it. It's the F word. <laughs> it's now my favorite F word, but it was this F word that I was like, feng fu, feng, you know, like I could even, and, you know, and I, I used to um, be a little bit disrespectful and, and walk around saying, I'm going to do this feng shui stuff. And, you know, and <laughs> just like, I think that was my way. Cause I, I mean, this was back in the nineties when this kind of stuff wasn't mainstream, like it is now, right. um, you know, it wasn't as cool or trendy to be mystical and, and, you know, all of the, the accoutrements that we now have with being spiritual. Yeah. Um, and, and so the front door, uh, in my home at that time had been boarded up because the contractor uh, had determined that we had termites and the whole front of the house was sagging. And so they had completely boarded the whole front of our house up, including our front door. And wow. we didn't think anything of it, but slowly, but surely um, I had lost my job. <clears throat> then my husband lost his job. Um, oh gosh. Things were uh, weird. Things were happening with money. Um, I started developing fever blisters, which I had never had in my life. Um, and I started having weird, um, episodes where I couldn't breathe. And I later found out that they were panic attacks. And, mm. um, after I had this mystical experience in this bookstore with this woman by the name of Dr. Marlene, um, mm. I, I realized that through her guidance and, and this F word that <laughs> my home and the energetics of my home were speaking to me through my energy and manifesting in my physical body. And it was manifesting wow. in me because I was open to it more so than my husband. And so um, it, well, it, one thing that struck me though, was the resonance that this had for you. As soon as she said, you know, this is, this is an issue your door, your front door. Um, it just immediately, you're like, that's it. I, I knew this was it because your intuition was just so, yeah. It, it, led you to your purpose just by listening to this. And I think that's key is a lot of people don't, they got have that intuition that just says, this is it. This is the thing for me. That's moving the needle on, on why we lost our jobs. Like we're renovating this house. We need our jobs, you know? Well, and I think too, because I am so sensitive to energy and I feel things that, you know, I would say that the average person feels things at a five and I feel them at like 105. You know? yeah. <laughs> like everything I, I feel is, you. <laughs> everything yeah. is so freaking intense for me. And I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember Marlene standing in that, that aisle. I remember her blonde hair, her blue eyes. I, I remember the resonance that she had. I, I remember how she feels mm -hmm. her energy. And I had never experienced that before. And I remember when I picked up that first feng shui book and it opened up to the front door 
I got a powerful sensation in my solar plexus and at the top of my, which I now know is my head, you know, the, the crown mm -hmm. chakra, but at the top mm -hmm. of my head and I don't know why, but yes, it was intuition where I was like, hold the freaking phone or shut yeah. the front door. Like <laughs> this is what I need to be doing. Like it just, yeah. it's like it literally, and I say in the book, the angels started singing. I mean, my world went from being very foggy and unclear to, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And thus comes the practice. And then now this book, um, which I think is such a great roadmap for people to understand energy and consciousness um, and, and through their environment. Can you speak a little bit about um, how critical the environment is to your health, your wealth, your happiness, the whole, the whole shebang? Oh man, my love affair with nature, Jesus. It's, <laughs> it's so intrinsic to the world of feng shui i mean it's it's the dao it's the way it's 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 all about honoring change and the cyclical cycle of the seasons which we don't do in our world all we know is summer and all we know is to bloom and bloom and bloom and bloom and that's not how nature works. We bloom and then we go into fall and then we go into like a gestation period um, to rest. And, and if we, I think if we honored those circadian rhythms and got back into that, we wouldn't see so much dis-ease and unhappiness mm -hmm. and loneliness and disconnection. I think a lot of the woes that we see in, in the fear and the scarcity um, the judgment, the shame, the ego side of, you know, the, the way people behave and the attacking that they do is all based and rooted in ego. And mm -hmm. it's because they're living in the shallows of what little spiritual world they have. And to me, yeah. nature is so pure and teaches us so much and has so much mystical language. If you listen to it, my God, nature speaks to me. I just shared on here on my mm -hmm. last podcast, um, how my kitty cat Harley passed away and I mm -hmm. asked for a sign. Mm -hmm. And I, I literally said like, I don't want some dumb deer or like a stupid squirrel. <laughs> like I need you to give me something that knocks my socks off. And I said, mm -hmm. I need you to give me something like a freaking bobcat 45 minutes later i got a bobcat oh wow so, you know <gasps> talk I mean, about frequency and creation and energy right so yeah. and for those who are listening today that listen to that show i apologize what a shit show that show was because i could barely get through it because i was crying so much I, mean, I was having such a hard time but yeah um you know nature is um i my teacher always taught me that trees are the original shamans, you know, they're rooted mm -hmm. in, in Gaia and mama earth. They, they touch the, you know, the, uh, human world through their, their trunks. And then they, uh, you know, bring us into heaven through their, their branches. And so they're the original shamans. And so like, if you're feeling off or if you're having a shitty day, if you just go walk in nature for 10 to 15 minutes, I guarantee you, you're going to walk out of there and you're going to feel better because the trees are going to nurture you. They're going to mm -hmm. care for you. The plants are speaking to you. The ground is communicating with you, but we've been taught not to think in this way and to think that that's absolutely absurd. But if you talk yeah. to, I have a very dear friend of mine who is a shaman in Virginia uh -huh. and he literally, he can go out into his garden and he sees fairies. He sees yes. elementals. Yeah. Um, he sees the aura of trees and plants and he can speak to his plants and they will tell him when they're thirsty or if they need magnesium or if, you know, if they're yeah. lacking something. And I'm like, okay, I need to get to that point because I think that's so rad that he has like an entire He's like, I don't need social media. I got an entire family in my backyard that I talk to. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. My goodness. And it's, it's so true. I've worked with these elementals and nature spirits um, to create a garden on a property I used to have. 
and it was profound what they came up with completely different than what I had in mind for the garden. Um, and I, I just think this is an important piece of, uh, and what you're saying too, is it's like connecting. We have forgotten how to connect with our environment, with nature as a whole, with our own homes. And I love that in your book, you talk about your home as being a being, <laughs> you know, it has, it's, it has emotions. It has an experience. It's all energy. I mean, it, we're all yeah. one, we're all connected. And um, it, it just pains me when I see people disrespect nature. A, a girlfriend of mine, she mm. lives maybe about 10 minutes from me. Uh, and she called me the other day and she was bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, oh my God, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said, these new neighbors just moved in next door from California. And there were about 30 um, about a hundred to 150 year old trees on the property and they cut them all down. Oh no. And oh, Melissa wow. feels energy like I do. And when yeah. I was talking to her, I could feel the energy through her. And I started weeping because I could feel the sadness of the forest because the elementals yeah. were displaced. The nature yeah. was displaced. The trees were, you know, it was, it was very traumatic for them to experience this. And I told Melissa, I said, it's a very intrinsic world that we live in. And, and when you disrespect um, a sector of energy like that, something's going to show up. And I said, you know, pay attention. He, you know, you can't disrespect trees like that because they are the original shamans. And I said, mm -hmm. within a year or so, they're going to start having issues, whether it's arthritis or something with their appendages. I've seen it over and over and over again. Uh -huh. Trees are very connected, very much connected to the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the family. And typically mm -hmm. things will show up. And if you don't do ceremonies and explain yourself and, and honor and show reverence, um, there's going to be repercussions. Wow. That's fascinating. And so uh, you've gotten into an area of feng shui, you know, for the body, for the soul, because it's a holistic process, really. Um, where you're talking to about illness and how that's associated um, mm -hmm. because with your environment and disrespecting it or we don't understanding you're connected to it. I yeah. Guess. We don't respect and show reverence to land. Like we used to, we don't it, for simple things, you know, simply being um, reverent to the rain and the sunshine and the fact that um we're fleas. We have literally become fleas to this planet and we're harming her when she has done nothing but, you know, provide us with fruit and food and bounty mm -hmm. and shelter. And, and what do we do in return? We hack our trees down and we burn our rainforests and we kill animals. And, you know, we're, we're just so disrespectful as, as a, on the larger half of, of culture. And it's all energy. It's indifference. And mm -hmm. so, it's all rooted in ego. You know, a lot of it is greed and ego. And so that is not showing the energy reverence. And so right. what happens is, is that becomes trauma on the land and then you build a house there or you put a homestead there and now you've got issues. You see this with Skywalker Ranch in Utah. I mean, there was a curse placed on that land over a hundred years ago by the Indians and mm -hmm. They have all kinds of weird shit going on there. It's like, you have to show the land respect. And if you don't, there's going to be issues. In instances like that, where uh, something's built on an, an, in an area like that, uh, are there cures? Are there things that, that they could do there or, or anywhere for that matter that could help, uh, that could help the property? Could help I the think land? it depends on the level of, um, like Skywalker, I don't even think I would be powerful enough. I mean, it, it, it mm. ooh, that is one powerful curse that was placed on there. So I think it depends on, um, the level of energy. And I think there might even be a, a vortex on that, uh, piece of land. It's, it's, it's quite large, but yeah. I think that one thing that people do not realize is that when you have a piece of property, you have to be um, respectful to all. You have to be respectful to the, the elementals, to the nature spirits. You have to be respectful to the animal kingdom. But most of all, you've got to be respectful of the devas. 
The Davids mm -hmm. are the ones that oversee the land and it, this is their land that they're uh, overseeing that you are disrespecting. And if you piss them off, Ooh, look out. <laughs> I talk about this and I didn't get into it in my book, but in my course, which is now called Feng Shui for the source, uh, soul, I've got an entire, uh, the entire, um, chapter six in the, the course or module six is all about nature spirits and respecting the devas. Oh, great. Yeah. Very, very important. Um, living with the land, um, living with the house, the home, yeah, the, the whole thing. Well, and your um, home is on that land. And so yeah. you're basically renting it from the elementals. <laughs> <laughs> you're borrowing it momentarily. It's their, it's their land and it, it, you're, you're basically borrowing it from them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously everything we're talking about is, is related to the book and to the work that you do in the world. And um, so what are some things that, um, gosh, I feel like I want to talk more about the consciousness yeah, of the individual and, and growing that. Cause that's a, that's a hallmark of your book. And one of the things that I've noticed sets, sets it apart from other feng shui books, um, is the, the clarity of consciousness that the person who is, you know, creating this home and, and how that the interplay between you and the home um, are such an important part of the the process. Can you say more about that or maybe even share some stories of um, people that you've worked with and helping them to get more in concert with the land, with the home, with the consciousness, their own consciousness and raising that? Yeah. So I call that cultivating chi. And I think that and I've said this for years that in my opinion, and right now it's the one that counts, um, <laughs> um, in my opinion, every single book, article, uh, course, you know, a lot of it that's out there is very much, um, it's attacking the house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to move this here. I'm going to hang this, you know, sparkly thing here, and I'm going to get this out of it. And there's... Oh, this level of not only attacking the energy, but this high level of egoic expectation. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that none of the books talk about the process of before you even get to that point, you have to cultivate your chi. You cannot come at an adjustment with say a level one uh, vibration when you're trying to achieve a level five result, they don't match, they don't work. So mm -hmm. the consciousness of the individual is very, very important when you are, because everything in our world is based in frequency and that's where we're headed. That's where we're going. Yeah. We're, we're going into this 5D world where literally our communication and our walls and our everything around us is going to be frequency and and a lot of it already is but we're just yeah. we're so dumbed down that we're not we're not really paying attention mm -hmm. but if you want to create change in your life you have to work with the energy but the only way that you're going to be a powerful conduit to create that change is to start with yourself first you have to cultivate your own chi and power up then you can go in and start working on the energy of your home, your environment, your land, because then you can make everything an energetic match. What happens is, is a lot of people go in and they, you know, read a book and they attack their space and think, oh, well, that shit didn't work. I tried that once. It's yeah. not that it didn't work. It's that you don't work. You're the broken mm -hmm. one. We got to get your chi mm -hmm. up to par first. Then the feng shui can start. Well, then let's talk about some ways that uh, listeners can cultivate their chi. Yeah, it's it's really simple. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no A plus B equals C. It's really a personal experience of, and it can be quite fun because, you know, I think that so many people have these enormous to-do lists that are ridiculous. And yeah. It's really about 
you know, oh, I don't have time to meditate, meditate. I don't have time to go spend in nature. I don't have to. And it's, they're putting, they're getting their priorities flipped upside down and they're putting what they think is important in front, which is Mm -hmm. ego. Mm -hmm. What they need to do is simplify, take a step back and figure out where they find the most peace and contentment. Where do you not get a knot in your stomach of, oh God, I've got to do this. I've got to do, you know, take care of this. I've got to do this phone call. I got to get all this work done. That causes a lot of stress and anxiety. And that really tightens up your chi. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is it that you can do? Is it walking in nature? Is it coloring with your kids? Is it Mm -hmm. going for a drive? Is it meditation? Is it reading a book? Maybe it's sitting on your porch at five in the morning and just staring out into the wilderness, you know, right. it's, yeah. it's not a one size fits all, but it, it's where you find the most contentment. And whenever you find what it is, do more of it. And then you'll start yeah. cultivating your chi because you want to bring your parasympathetic nervous system down. You need mm-hmm. to bring yourself out of beta and get into this place where you're more in alpha, because when you're an alpha, you're in a creative state. And now your energy is more fluffy and it's in a place where it can create and manifest. Okay. So yeah, you're really talking about the emotions um, of enjoyment, of peace, of solitude, of um, of connecting to something that's meaningful to you, which I think is, is profound and important because the, the thing that resonates with you may not resonate with the person sitting next to you and hundred percent what works for you. Yeah. yeah. Which is great because it's not like, okay, you need to do this, this, and this. And so now you've got this other to-do list of things you don't want to do that don't feel good. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> like and just you know, it, I have a client, uh, he's a, he's a blast. I love him to death. I have a client and I started working with him about two years ago and he's like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to meditate. I don't want to freaking color. I'm like, okay, dude, like, what is it that you really want to do? And he goes, I want to go in my basement and listen to ACDC. I'm like, there you go. Let's go do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's him, like where he feels connected. That's, you know, he was able to go down into his basement and just disconnect for 30 minutes and rock out to ACDC. And I'm like, dude, that's cultivating your chi. That's that's far out. That works. And he's like, really? yes of course (laughs) yes what you're saying what I'm hearing you say is it needs to be a reward for you it's something that feels good to you Uh, well and god forbid you know we it's like we need permission to you know get away from the to-do list and the you know the uh this need to constantly be busy and this this you know the the word badge of honor is so thrown around now but it's like we're not considered productive and we're considered lazy if we're not constantly doing and that's not what we're here to do we're here to be we're here to grow Mm -hmm. at at this spiritual level and we've gotten so whipped up in a froth and frenetic energy that Mm -hmm. doesn't serve us it serves the ego but it's not serving humanity so if we can get more people in a place of wow listening to ACDC or whatever the hell it is that does it for you. I don't care if it's laying down on the kitchen floor, just to get five minutes, whatever it looks like for you. If it brings your parasympathetic nervous system down, that's allowing your chi to calm down and get into a place of um, abundance and Mm. it's more fluffy and it's more receptive. And then you start getting insight and then, oh my God, you start tapping into intuition. Yes. Which is key. I mean, cause that's the leader, your internal leader, you know, well, your emotions. And so many of us have been shamed out of our emotions of, you know, especially women don't cry and don't be so emotional and, you know, stop letting your feelings get in the way. And it's like, wait a minute, our feelings are our direct line to God. Like that's, that's what's letting us know if we're on the right or wrong path. And we've been you know, mutilating them by external information. Oh, this is wrong. I'm not supposed to do this. And so we've been taught to think our way through everything. 
But if we do that, then the ego's running the show and the ego is all about the wrong things. <laughs> I know, I know the, the, the should haves, the to do's, the must haves, all of those things rather than the, well, like, and the striving, and the pushing and the controlling, yeah. and then all the patriarchal pollution that we have in our world and mm. how women have been treated and how children have been treated. And it's like, there's a better way to do this. There's a better way and a better operating system, but somebody needs to come along and kind of show. And I think millennials are doing this. I talk about this in the book. They're not uh -huh. lazy. They're showing us a new way to live. And they're the ones that are breaking up the paradigm going, y'all are idiots for working yeah. all the time. There's more <laughs> yeah. to life than just working. And we're like, yeah. wait, there is Good. What you're supposed to take that you're supposed to stay with that corporate job that's killing you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're supposed, supposed to, to yeah, you're make supposed to work 150 on grand a year and yeah, at, at any cost to your health or well-being, you know. Yeah. And the millennials are the ones that are coming in going, uh, no, I want to have yeah. my weekends. And I said I was gonna take today off. So, you know, when the boss calls and says, I know you were gonna take today off, but you know, yeah. us old folks are like, all right, fine, I'll come in. And the millennials are like, hell no, I ain't coming in. Today's my day off. <laughs> yeah. They have strong boundaries and they're empowered, but they came in with different software. They've got different chi than we do. And so us older folks, I always say that we've got, you know, like 1985 DOS operating systems. Yes. <laughs> we can, yes. We can see that and rather than scold them and judge them which a lot of the the older generations are right said take a step back and say wait a minute it's not that they're doing it wrong it's that they're showing us a new way to do it and they're setting right. boundaries and they're they actually think that it's okay to have pleasure in your life wait right. what not only um, okay but absolutely necessary to have a happy allowed life. to have pleasure yeah Woo! And they're asking themselves that question. And I think you and I did this a long time ago is asking the question of, you know, what do I need to create to have happiness in my life? And a lot of what you say in the book is really about this. It's about purpose. It's about meaning. Um, and they're reflecting like, this is where we're going in our future. You know, it's like they, they were, like you said, they were programmed to come in this way. Um, and so, so that's a lot of what you're saying in the book too, is about purpose and meaning and how well, you and derive that, that and how your, your environment is connected in with that. It absolutely is. And I think that the, the biggest travesty of where we have been, not where we're going, but where we have been is that we've been conditioned to fit in somebody else's box, you know, yeah. get the the house with the white picket fence, have two kids, have the perfect car, you know, that external life that we've been told is the American dream or whatever it is. Right. right. And it's, it, you know, you hear all the time where people were, you know, forced to go to law school or forced to go to yeah. med school or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, because that's what their parents wanted, but it wasn't what they wanted. Yeah. So that really suffocates your chi and that really dilapidates your chi. And, and for those that can see auras, they'll actually describe like my shaman friend in Virginia, mm -hmm. he can see auras and he can tell when someone's aura is very lopsided. And I, uh -huh. I it's funny that he, he uses that term because I would always say to people when they weren't healthy, that they had lopsided chi and he backed that up. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I can see it. Like they literally yeah. have lopsided auras. And so For that's sure. when it starts to get too close to your physical body. That's when dis-ease starts to show up. That's when you start having physical ailments because you're not spiritually cultivating yourself you're focusing all on the egoic stuff and the external stuff which i talk about uh, dr um mm -hmm. i can't pronounce his his name correctly uh rob free i think is how you say it but he has a, a brilliant book but in the my book i talk about you know how his materialism got so bad that even though he had a near-death experience and spirit was telling him that he was focusing way too much on materialism. He was like, mm -hmm. but who am I without all this stuff? Mm -hmm. I mean, he literally has Archangel Michael telling him 
that he needs to give up the cars and the house. And he's literally arguing with Archangel Michael. Yeah. Yeah. You know, took me all this time and money and work and all of that to bring this into my being, my, my, my space, you know? So yeah, it's, it's hard to let go of those trappings, you know? I think it is. But again, if you look to millennials, like I work with two of them and like, Uh they're not working, you know, to survive like our generation was, they're not like, they, they don't get this. They're also not the same level of stress out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can see it in myself when I start to get a lot of design projects and stuff. And like, I'm trying to meet expectations and overachieve and, you know, over exceed expectations. And they're just like, you know, somebody calls in and they're upset and they're just like, yeah, they're upset. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, we've got to fix it. You know, <laughs> yeah. They, they just, they have totally different software and like they have boundaries and like, you know, they think nothing about calling in sick or if they've got a doctor's appointment or something, they think nothing, there's no guilt right. because they're taking care of themselves. Yeah. And so it's really beautiful to see that because I'm learning so much from them about, oh, there is so much to learn. This is not laziness. It's literally, it's teaching us a new way of being. It's a new way to cultivate our chi. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, one of the, um, the book, there's just so many different arenas that you address um, having to do with this very theme that you're talking about is, you know, your, your boundaries, your, your happiness, your joy, what makes you feel good. Um, And one of the things you talk about is one of my favorite things is food (laughs) Um, and cultivating. uh, What's the words you use in that? Uh, Yeah. So you talk about food and can you talk a little bit about food and, and cultivating chi with your food and how that is tied into feng shui? Oh, 100%. I mean, your kitchen should you be should be throwing down like it's your damn church. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Like, I'm not on social media much anymore. But like I used to always, I, I would, you know, go out and buy all these delicious, beautiful fruits and vegetables. And you know, I wasn't posting pictures of myself or my cleavage or my new lipstick. I was always posting beautiful fruits and vegetables and how proud mm. of was. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the entire experience that I say in the book, there's a Sufi saying that, you know, someone who cooks with anger eats poison. And so mm-hmm. you have to really be cognizant of so many people have these crazy hectic days and they rush into their homes and they slam together a meal and they slam it in front of their family and they may or may not eat it together. A lot of times they're not. And it's just, it's this thing that they're slamming into their body to get onto the next task. And they're not, they're not showing it reverence and they're not putting energy into it. And it's something that is literally going into your body. Yes. So yeah. When you're at the grocery store or if you're at the farmer's market, it literally starts from the moment that you're in the selection process where you're delighting. And I'm the weirdo at the freaking grocery store going, oh, my God, look how beautiful you are. You smell delicious. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I do the same. (laughs) Farmer's market. (laughs) I mean, I'm already starting the nonsense at the grocery store. And then, you know, like when I cook, I often have um, beautiful music on. I'm singing. I can't sing worth a lick, but I will sing at the top of my lungs. I will be telling them again how beautiful and delightful they are. A lot of times I will chant a mantra over them. Um, I will delight in the entire process. And I will, through the entire process, I'm driving delicious, amazing energy into it. And I'm most importantly is thank you so much gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Dr. Emoto Mazaru did hundreds of studies on the power of energy and water and the power of, um, 
ice and rice and all kinds of things and has proven that when you speak negatively or have negative emotions, how it alters the molecular structure of the things in our world. And so to me, why would you not literally slow your life down at the moment that you're going to start cooking and delight in the entire process? It's, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people go into autopilot and they're thinking of, oh my gosh, why didn't I say this? Or why did I say this to this person? Or, oh my God, I didn't get this done or worry mode. Yeah, exactly. And that that energy goes right into your food. It goes into it. And then, you know, when you sit down, so many people don't show reverence to the food that they're about to eat. And it could literally simply be, thank you. But, you know, a lot of times when I sit down, I will literally say, you know, this meal is giving me the perfect nutrition for my body and nothing that it is not. It's giving me everything that I need and it's elevating me to the highest vibration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For every meal, I don't care if I'm out at a restaurant or if I'm at home, but I pray over, you know, after the whole process. And so I feel like on a molecular level, everything is responding to not only my vibration, but words have a vibration. And so it's so important to, to treat it like church and to, you know, not eat poison, to literally eat something that is going to uplift and delight your body. And yeah. give you the chi in an internal, intimate way. It makes sure. so much sense to me. And then if you think too about like if machines are making your food, you know, we're talking about processed foods or, you know, certain restaurants where maybe you've heard the chef in the kitchen are unhappy people because the chef is just such a jerk, <laughs> you know, uh, like, like there's some places that you can find that are very conscious, but you're also talking really about bringing this food into your home, into the energy of your space, enjoying it, creating it, being a part of it. Um, Cause it becomes a part of you. So you're, that's... you're consuming it. And so, yeah. you know, when you, when you enter this world, like it's so funny when I had the, the Bobcat show up, all of my friends were like, well, of course, Amanda, of course you got a bobcat. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And they're like, well, I mean, it's you. (sighs) And it's almost like this otherworldly thing where I can do it and they can't, but it's the thing that it's literally every step of my life, every process of my life. Like even everyone at work tells me constantly like, Oh my God, you're always so positive. You're always so happy. And it's like they, I don't think, I think they like having me around because I'm always so uplifted. Mm-hmm. And even my boss said the other day, he's like, I just love having you here because you make me feel so darn good, mm. <laughs> you know, but that's a choice, you know, yeah. it's absolutely a choice. And it's literally being cognizant of everything that I do, even my mouthwash that I have, I have infused with positive energy. (laughs) (sighs) Like every step of my day, I am so freaking grateful and the bad things can happen. You know, my car Mm -hmm. broke down a couple of weeks ago and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like the universe telling me (laughs) I needed to take a break and you know, like I just, I try to see the, the positive in everything and, and not get turned upside down by those things because all of that chi matters and that's how you cultivate your chi when you're able to have shit thrown at you mm-hmm. you know i think back to like 30 years ago 20 years ago when something would come at me it might affect me for a couple of weeks where i would continue to think about it now something happens to me and i flip it around in like 5 minutes i'm like whatever i'm over it now on to the next thing yeah yeah, which is a you know great way to get to that space, you know. And one of the things about the book, it's related to well, everything we're talking about here, but is that you have um, information about basically how to cultivate chi in every area of your life. You know, I mean, you're talking about the office, you're talking about the stove in your house, you're talking about. Um, Uh, And that's what you're saying too. It's like when you get to this place where you've, you're so comfortable with who you are and living your life from that 
place of purpose, then things that happen are just like, okay, well, we'll take care of it. You know, it's yeah. just, it's not well, a, it's a catastrophe it's, anymore. It's a cognizant decision too, because like mm-hmm. I, I have um, chapters five and six, five is all about wielding energy and, and how you have to cultivate your chi first and how to do that. But then chapter six is it, chapter six is my favorite chapter of the entire book. And it, it's called mm-hmm. prayer and devotion. And it's the power of prayer and how literally every step, everything in your life matters, whether it's praying over your food, uh, adding silence into your day, making sure you get enough sleep to marinate in the healing Mm -hmm. that you've had for that day. It's literally all of these things in your life and how to power up your life through prayer and devotion. And it all stems from ways that you're cultivating your chi to connect to your higher self and the universal truths. Like that's when you can get to that place and cultivate your chi to that level, there's nothing that you cannot do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing you can heal yourself. You can heal your body. Mm -hmm. You can change things around. You can manifest a freaking bobcat. Like you get (laughs) just like that. (laughs) Yeah. Do these really magical things. And, And I have so many stories like this where, you know, especially when my chi is really powered up and I'm, I'm in that place where freaking a, I am a powerful being and, and like, yeah. I am going to do this. And I do it. I'm like, sometimes I surprise myself. I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. But you yeah. know, uh, it's, I don't want to say that I'm like really working at it, but like it, it's a lifestyle. I mean, it, mm-hmm. this is, it, and that's, you know, this book isn't something that I, you know, just decided to write. Like this is freaking 25 years yeah. in the making. <laughs> yeah. You can tell as you read it, that there's so much that went into it. So much love and experience. Um, and you have great exercises too, for readers. And I share my pitfalls, which I think mm-hmm. is, you know, really important where I've really fallen down and made a lot of mistakes like Jane, the real estate agent, Jesus Christ, that woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're kidding. But, you know, I manifested Jane and, and at the time I was kind of showing up as a victim, like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it, it's these moments in our lives where, you know, it's so easy to default to to victimization or the martyr or, you know, the, the, the paradigms that women are, are typically plugged into, but we manifest those things to create a crossroads in our life to choose because everything comes down to free will and choice. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was really, I don't know that I would have been courageous enough to put my faults in the book and throughout the whole damn thing, I'm just, telling you left and right. Well, made a mistake here. Well, did this wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's great because that shows your process, you know, so that other people can go, Oh, give themselves a break too. It's like, well, we've all got our process and it's not easy. Well, and Jane, the real estate agent was such a gift because traditionally the command position is all about the physical it's about your bed desk and stove and so every book and every article and everything you read about is about this physical manifestation of what command is but after jane the real estate agent i thought no it that's the physical manifestation of it but what command is really about is empowering your chi to a place where you can set those boundaries and you're taking command over your life only then can you take command of your environment. So she was the one that gave me that epiphany. So I needed Jane, the real estate agent to get to that point and have that aha moment. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like no other book that's out there. I mean, I, I definitely, my friend, uh, Sharita, who's the astrologer, she's like, you're mm-hmm. a Scorpio. So you're going to like go to the deep depth, dark dirty <laughs> places that nobody else is willing to go. And I'm like, yep, I went there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I think that this, this book could really become a classic in the feng shui world because of the depth that there is 
to it. Um, you know, it's not a surface level book, uh, which just makes it more powerful for the reader in their own transformational process. So I'm, I really love the book. Did a great job. And it's well-written. I just want to keep reading and reading. <laughs> so. Good. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, my, my opinion um, as I get older is, is getting um, a lot more outspoken about what, and I, I have to also be cognizant of the fact of where we were in the world, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands. But I feel like a lot of the books and information that's out there is quite shallow um, very much on yeah. the surface and um, hasn't gone to the depths of what this beautiful mystical tool can really do, do for people. And I think that um, my hope in writing this book, it is not for the, the person that's looking for a kitschy fast fix. That's not what this right. book is about. Yeah. This is all about if you are ready, willing and able to show up and, and you're ready to do the work and shift your life in a big way, it is possible. And this book shows you how to do it, but it, it requires work. You have to be willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you really give a framework for that, you know, because it is also a workbook on top of that, like I said, because of the exercises that you include. And I think that the questions that you asked yourself that other people will ask themselves, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, it, it was kind of scary to put all that out there and especially the, you know, chapter 12, which is called the shift. It's kind of my prophecy of, of what I um, got in my own downloads about a, a, I have to be very careful because it is a timeline that I saw that is available to us if we choose it, mm -hmm. um, but where our world is headed. And it, I, I feel like it's quite positive and it gives me a lot of faith that we're headed in the right direction, despite the darkness that seems to be surrounding us and the chaos that is currently in our world. Yes. Mm -hmm. If we can get past that, where we are headed is extremely positive and extremely exciting. Yes. I agree with you on that one. And, and, you know, it, it came from, cultivating your tea and and making that a part of your daily life you know yeah being that in the world and this book I think will help readers to be that in the world you know yeah hopefully so I mean some people may read it and go ah this is bullshit I just want to know where to put my couch <laughs> well there's lots of books that can help you with that stuff but you know what I think it's interesting too is and you said this in the book you talked about like uh Neil Donald Walsh and Gary Zukov and those books that you read a long time ago and you were just like uh and that you put them aside but then as you gain more wisdom from life and you go back to them you get you you learn so much more and I think this is one of those books yeah, that it's always I talk about um, the mountain of enlightenment and it's it's scary and it's this, you know, narrow path that you're going up the mountain. And the more you go up the mountain, the narrow, gravelly, scary path, the more you gain perspective. It's mm -hmm. it's kind of from Plato's The Republic. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's this idea that if you have the courage to continue up the scary gravel narrow path up the mountain, you gain greater perspective and you evolve. But, you know, if you stay in the same place, you have the same perspective and you don't grow. And so that is such a great example of here I was reading all these amazing books. Marianne will. I mean, I remember reading A Course in Miracles back in the 90s and uh -huh. I just reread it uh, last week and I was like, oh, my God, this is a totally different book. <laughs> like. You know, it's and uh, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, Conversations with God. I've got that on repeat. I listen to that all mm -hmm. the time. I've probably read that book six times this year. Wow. I just got it on repeat. Oh, it's such a great book. Oh, yeah. my God. It's an amazing book. It's yeah. such an amazing book. And, um, you know, Wayne Dyer and it, there's just all these Gary. I mean, Seed of the mm -hmm. Soul. It, there's yeah. so Gosh, many yes. fantastic books that are out there. And. I just reread Seat of the Soul, I think back in February. And again, mm -hmm. I reread it and I was like, 
I do not remember this. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. My we're in that space. Exactly. Yeah. In the space to receive it in the way that you do now. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So, that's awesome. so is there anything else that you would like listeners to know about the book? Something that is uh, really important for you to convey? No, I think that, you know, for me, I jokingly say that if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, this is my, you know, my legacy that I give to the world. This mm. is what I leave humanity to um, hopefully improve and and hopefully fix itself. You know, I think that the older I get, the more I can see the woes of our ways and, and the mistakes that we've made. But we have the option to turn it around. We, we have choice. And I hope that people choose to start, you know, seeing the beauty that's all around us and slowing down and getting, you know, more, not, I, I don't want to make people think that the ego is bad, you know, it, it right. there for a purpose and, you know, it was there for survival. And the problem is, is that it's just kind of gone on autopilot and, and on hyperdrive, we have to create more balance in our world. And, and I say mm -hmm. in the book, you know, we don't have to throw out this amazing tool with the bathwater, but I think mm -hmm. that we need to, we, we definitely need to approach it with a new way of thinking. And I think for the seekers, this new generation of seekers that is mm -hmm. um, really craving something different and craving something new, I feel like this is a manifesto for a generation that is really wanting something new and different. And yeah kind of a guidebook on where to start, how to do it and not be judged by it. Like, you know, the, the book is, is a, is a guidepost on here are some recommended guidelines, but, you know, do it your own way, go at it the way that, you know, you see fit. There are no rules. And that's another thing about feng shui is a lot of times mm -hmm. you read it and it's like these hard and fast rules about yeah. do this, don't do this. If you do this, your mom's going to die. And it's like, right. no, <laughs> you know, and like, I've seen uh, books say that the bathroom is the devil's room. And it's like, it doesn't need to be intimidating or scary. What it needs to be is about energy and how mm. we fix our world and improve it through the power of energy. And so I think for people that are ready for that and really searching for something different, my hope is that, you know, they read this book and, you know, it, it changes something in them, even if it's something small, because that's going to create a, a ripple of change in the world and, and, you know, hopefully start shifting humanity. I mean, I've been yeah. preaching this on this podcast for years and years and years. And so my, my way to reach the masses is, okay, I'm going to write a book and hope somebody, at least one person <laughs> reads it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's my prayer for you that this book goes out to millions of people. It's, it's a powerful book. And um, I highly recommend it. Well, thank you so much, Meg, for flipping the script today. <laughs> You're and welcome. Coming on here. I, I think that this was fun. And I, I think that your perspective, probably a lot of your questions is probably a lot of what the audience uh, has had as well. So um, mm -hmm. we thought that this would be a, a fun approach to have Amanda interviewed on uh, the show today about yes. her book. Um, yes so that we could talk about it and hopefully inspire uh, more people to grab a copy of it, and check it out. Um, I would definitely say that the, the number one thing that I've heard is, is it's like no other feng shui book out there, which I'll take it. I think it's a great compliment. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, thank you yeah. everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Meg, for doing this. I appreciate it. Gosh, you're welcome. It's been so much fun. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I thought it was pretty rad. I like this. Maybe this is what I'll start doing. Have people coming on and interviewing me. It was much easier. <laughs> A lot less preparation for sure. But I do hope that it inspires you to go out, pick up a copy of the book and, you know, just learn how to cultivate that chi, empower yourself, power up your, you know, energy and really take control of your life and learn how freaking powerful you are. 
All right, everyone, if you are interested in learning more about me, you can head on over to gatesinteriordesign.com. There's all kinds of great information. There's also tons of courses, all that good stuff. If you'd like a floor plan reading, you can also sign up uh, online to get one of those. And um, I just want to apologize for last week's or the last show that I did. Good grief. I was such a mess. Oh, I was such a mess. I I'm still really um, grieving over Harley, but I, you know, I was desperate to quickly get a show up and I, I felt kind of like, you know, a little bit of pressure because I hadn't done one in a while. And so I was like, oh, I got to get a show up for the audience. And I probably should have waited a little bit longer just because it was still so raw and so hard. And Lord have mercy, I listened back to that audio and it's a bit of a shit show, but hey, it is what it is, right? I guess it just really captured how I was feeling. And the hardest part is just the audio is really choppy and, and really um, broken up just because I kept having to stop because I was crying so much. So I apologize for, you know, just it being such a rough audio, but it's, you know, shows that I'm human, shows that we all go through grief and have enormous emotions in our life, which is what, you know, is the whole experience, right? It's why we're here. So thank you for listening if you did manage to get through it. And thank you for always being with me and being just an incredible audience. And, you know, if you want to go out and really change the world and, and start making a big difference, make sure you pick up a copy of my book so that you can learn how to cultivate your chi and kick an ass and take a names. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.